Do you know what contrast is? It is iodine, and it is sticky when it gets on your hands. That's right. Yeah, I don't know about that sticky part. I don't know why you're like rubbing <laughs> contrast on your hands, not like lotion. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Emergency Medicine Journal Club podcast. It's a medical education podcast where medical students teach each other about emergency medicine. My name is Armand. I'm a fourth year going into emergency medicine, and I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts, Kyle and Pranav. Hi, guys. I'm Pranav. I'm a fourth year going into emergency medicine. My name is Kyle. I'm a fourth year medical student going into emergency medicine. That's right. And uh, you guys might know Pranav's voice from the Halloween special that we did where he talked about how superheroes, sorry, children were jumping off buildings with no landing plans. <laughs> easily, easily confused with superheroes, though. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Welcome to 2021. This is the first Emergency Medicine Journal Club podcast podcast episode for 2021. I really need to figure out how to shorten that name. Um, and what a year it's been already. Yeah, I'm going to ignore the entire world burning down around us, and we're just going to get to some lighter announcements. Number one is a big thank you to Dr. Rob Orman for sitting down and talking with me and Kyle. And it's awesome to have like a giant in the field of emergency medicine and podcasting just step down from Mount Olympus to teach us lowly plebs about audio quality. So if you heard recently the audio quality get like a lot better, that was all him. Uh, and number two, our website is live. It's at emjccast.com. So go check that out. Three is I have I have a lot of announcements. Sorry, it's going to be the first one for the year, New Year, but I'll, it'll it'll be over quick. Uh, we have a new podcast, everybody, that is going to be releasing alongside this one. It's called MWIT, which is stands for Emergency Medicine. What is that? It's all about the stuff that you should know, but you don't, and it's it's just just going to drop as like bonus episodes alongside this episode or alongside this podcast. If you're interested, go take a listen, and they're only like five to ten minutes each. Uh, and then number four is the clock is ticking, guys. By the time this episode comes out on Monday, we'll have 67 days until match day. Oh. Moving on. Uh, congrats to the real nurse, Barb, for getting her second dose of the coronavirus vaccine and also being one of the first people around to get the vaccine. Good for her. We're happy for you, nurse Barb, for real. Sorry we characterize you as such a terrible human being on this, on this show. I think nurse Barb is the greatest human being on this show and in real life. Okay. Maybe not when I play Nurse Barb. No, not me either. I thought she was supposed to be sassy. She is. Okay. I ran into uh, Nurse. I ran into Nurse Barb and uh, Doctor Scott at the vaccine. You met real life Nurse Barb. What is she like? Oh, amazing! So sweet, so sweet. She was taking pictures with Doctor Scott when he got his shot. Amazing. All right. The format of this podcast, everybody. It's quite easy. It'll be me this time walking Pranav and Kyle through a case. You guys will try and get through it with your dignity and honors intact. At the end, is honors plural? Is honor plural? Uh, you all's honor. Sounds weird. We can share honor if you'd like. All right. It's, you guys, it's our, we'll it's our collective <laughs> dignity and honor. Your collective we dignity and honor. We share one dignity like and one honor. <laughs> hopefully your collective dignity and one honor will be intact at the end. And hopefully the patient will be alive and all will end well. <clears throat> we have some goals on this podcast. They are one, to learn one new thing. Two, for that thing to be about emergency medicine. Three, to have some fun. And then rules four, five, and six are no spoilers for Mandalorian, Vikings, or Letterkenny. I am still watching those. You guys ready? Yeah. Let's do it. You're on your emergency medicine rotation. Let's save. And uh, on the board in front of you, a 64-year-old female with chest pain shows up. What are you going to do? EKG. Pregnancy test. 
<laughs> Good. Sure. <laughs> All right. So an EKG has already been done. Just showing some tachycardia at 120. Nothing else significant. What did you say? Cool. Pregnancy test? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a joke. Sure. Well, I mean, whatever. I'll, I'll, I I guess I can get your pregnancy. It's negative. Cool. Um, can we, uh, expected. <laughs> <laughs> can we hook her up to a, a monitor and get some vitals? Yeah. All right, so you hook her up onto a monitor. Good job, by the way. She was in the doorway, you know, where that slidey door thing is. Where they're... Yeah, so anyway, in the... What is that called? The foyer? Oh, the foyer of the ED. Sure. We, we bring her, we bring her into her room. You hook her up to an IV, an O2. Uh, you give her 100% oxygen, I guess, and an end monitor. And you put her on the monitor. And she's still tachycardic to 120. Her blood pressure is 109 over 78. Her respiratory rate is... 20, sure. And uh, we get a temperature on her, and it's normal. 98.5. So she's just tacky, that's it? Yes. Alright. Should we ask her some questions? Sure, probably. That'd be a good <laughs> idea. I guess we could. <laughs> she's like looking at you like... <gasps> <laughs> okay, hello. Hello, 64-year-old foyer patient. What's your name? Uh, my name's uh, Gladys Foyer. Gladys Foyer. It's a beautiful name. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> Are you French? <laughs> no. I oh. don't think so. I'm from oh. Florida. Beautiful. All right, great. What's going on with your chest pain? Uh, I just, I, I was taking an Uber to the airport uh, like a couple hours ago, and then I started having some chest pain like... It started having, like, it hurts when I breathe a little bit deep, like, on the right side, like, on my diaphragm. I'm, like, looking, I, I know a lot about medicine because I've been uh, researching a lot about coronavirus. So, okay. the diaphragm on my right side, it hurts a lot, and it's kind of irritated when I uh, take a deep breath. And so, I'm having a little bit of chest pain on the, on the right side. And it's kind of traveling up a little bit, uh, like, on the right side of my chest, too. Um, okay. And it's, like, hard to breathe a little bit, so. All right. Do you have any medical problems? Uh, yeah, I have diabetes. Okay. And do you take anything for that? Yeah, I take um, uh, metformin. Okay. Okay. I just want to clarify this whole chest pain. It was on like the right lower side of your chest? Yeah, it's like the right it comes yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. It hurts. Like it, is it worse when you take a deep breath or is it just difficult to take a deep breath? It's not difficult to take a deep breath. It's hurting all the time, but I get a little bit more of a sharp pain when I, like, take a deep breath. Okay. Do you feel short of breath at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. When I was getting out of the Uber, I just felt like I was breathing a little heavier than I would normally, I guess. And sorry, could you remind me when this started? Uh, it was, like, a couple hours ago, maybe, like, three hours ago. Yeah, I, just, like, sat down at the airport and was having a little bit of chest pain. So I was, like, contemplating getting on the plane or kind of getting this checked out. So, after a little while, I decided to come here. Has this ever happened to you before? No, I've never had chest pain. Have you been coughing at all? Yeah, I guess every once in a while. Every once, okay. Is it productive? Like, do you cough up sputum? No. Okay. And do you have any pain on the left side of your chest? No, it's mostly the right side. Any pain in your back? Uh, no. Okay. Any pain up in your neck or your jaw? radiate into your arm no none of that okay any nausea or vomiting no any sweating 
No, not really. Okay. Does the pain get reproduced with position or like inspiration or movement? No, not really. It doesn't hurt when I move around, but it hurts when I take a deeper breath than normal. Like it, it's it's hurting. It, I'm short of breath, which is making it hurt more because I have to take a little bit of a deeper breath and that hurts on the right side. At baseline, how much exercise can you tolerate? What do you mean? I don't like, really... Can you walk up a couple flights of stairs without getting short of breath? No. No? How no. much can you... How, like, how much could you do without getting short of breath? Like two flights of stairs before I start to need a little bit of a break, I guess. Okay. But I can make it. I can make it fine. My house has okay. stairs in it. And right now, it's do you, you're just like short of breath at rest. I mean, I'm feeling a little bit better now. I guess this oxygen might be helping. But the the reason you came in was the chest pain, like, like chest pain. And when you came in, you're short of breath at rest, like not exerting yourself. Uh, yeah, a little bit more than normal. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Did we get a chest X-ray yet? No. Uh, All we have is an EKG and vitals. Cool. What what was her pulse ox? It was fine, right? Pulse ox was ninety eight percent when she came in, and then you put her on oxygen. <clears throat> it's like a hundred percent now. I'm cool with doing an exam now, unless you have other questions, Pranav. Don't have any. Uh, do you uh, smoke at all? Nope. I'm cool with questions. Totally forgot the social hit. Okay, yep. Kyle. <laughs> no, no smoking. She doesn't smoke. Do you drink at all? No. Do you use any recreational drugs? No, I don't do any of that. And then she's a traveler, right? That's right, yeah. I came okay. here from Florida. Okay. When? Just like a couple of days ago, like it's really hard to get plane tickets right now and to fly. So I had to take a whole bunch of different flights in order to get here on okay. time. Mm, okay. Where'd you fly? Like I was only in the airports. I didn't leave the airports. So I basically flew from Florida to uh, Ohio. And then from Ohio, I had to go to um, Maryland. And then they got me from Maryland to here. It's a pretty roundabout way to get here. I, I know. Yeah. It was a very long flight, but I was asleep for most of it. So Sorry, did you ask about uh, all the classic like loss of sense and smell and, and taste? and No. Or is that oh, like... no, I do not have coronavirus. Oh, right, because oh. you looked it up. I oh, apologize. Yes, yes. I looked it up. Yeah, You're right. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm so not sorry. even really sure it's a thing, but okay. All right, sure. Let's just, hey, Nurse Barb, can we uh, stick a swab up her nose, please? Yeah, you do a rapid a COVID test. You do a rapid COVID test for this patient who's coming in short of breath, which I applaud you on, and it is negative. Cool. This is something that Nurse Barb talked to her about a little while ago, by the way. Now, she's been quarantining at home um, <clears throat> on the request of her son. Okay. You take metformin for diabetes. Do you take any other medications? No. Any over-the-counter supplements? No. Okay. Do you have any history of blood clots? No. Do you have any history? Like my blood clots when I get, you know, like cut my hand with a knife. Yeah. yeah. But like, have you ever had like a blood clot in your lungs or in your no. legs? Okay. Any no. Is that what this is? I don't know. I want to find out if that is what it is. Do you have any history of cancer? No. Any family history of blood clots? I think my mother had a blood clot in her lungs, but I've never had a blood clot in my lungs. She's okay. fine, though. No falls or trauma or anything, right? No, no. I got good balance. Cool. I I'm, I'm down to do a quick exam. What does she look like? So you have this obese older woman who is not in 
acute distress, but clearly not comfortable on the bed. Doesn't look like she's working extra hard to breathe. Does she have any like chest wall tenderness? There is no reproducible chest wall tenderness. And how does she sound on auscultation of her heart and her lungs? On auscultation of her heart, you hear her, you can hear her tachycardia at 120. On auscultation of her lungs, her lungs are bilaterally clear to auscultation. The only thing that of note is that she has some poor inspiratory effort, which makes it difficult to hear the lower lobes. Could you just do a quick abdominal exam too? It's benign. Mental status, is she A&O times a million? She is A&O times three. She knows where she is. She knows, I guess, who you are. She knows what day it is. She doesn't know who I am because much like Abby, I didn't introduce myself. Hello, Miss Foyer. I'm Kyle. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that was her name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not oriented to self. <laughs> um, great. And then are her extremities like warm and well perfused? Her extremities are warm and well perfused. Yes. Great. Forgot to ask her, do you have any pain in either of your legs or swelling in either of your legs? No, they're just like swollen from the, the plane ride over here. I mean, it was a long plane ride. They're both swollen? Yeah. Okay. Is that normal for you? You know, after not moving for a long time, yeah. That's probably why they're swollen right now. Okay. Do they hurt at all? No. Okay. If I push on them, do they hurt? No. Is there any edema? There is some pedal edema bilaterally. Okay. How are her pulses? You said yeah, they were fine. Yeah, pulses are intact, two plus, bilaterally. Are her legs symmetric in their appearance? Her legs are symmetric in appearance. Well, perhaps our portable chest x-ray has occurred in the time that we've been talking to this kind woman. Oh, is you guys want a portable chest x-ray? Because you never said you wanted a portable chest x-ray. We would like a portable chest x-ray. Okay, well, it's a good thing that portable chest x-ray person is here and seeing the patient in the room adjacent. So he's going to come over here and do it. Um, and, And he does it and he takes the picture and you look at the picture and you see mild atelectasis in the right lower lobe. Otherwise, you can't really see anything. All right. No evidence of rib fracture or pneumothorax? Nope. No pneumothorax, no fractures. Okay, uh, Nurse Barb, can you come get us some labs, please? Yes. What labs would you guys like? I'd like one of everything. One of everything. Let me just check off each and every single box here. No. (laughs) (laughs) On my uh, virtual away, we were talking about, like, sometimes people get rainbow labs and then figure out which one you want later. And I like that term, rainbow labs, because, you know, the different tops of the tubes, you just get all the different. Uh Yeah, you just draw a whole bunch of different things and then get whatever labs you need from there. It's not a terrible idea, but it is a huge waste of money when you don't need to do yeah. that. I can see pros and cons. Okay. Anyway, I'm not getting I'm not getting you everything. It's an educational podcast. You got to choose. Okay. CBC, BMP, troponin. I guess with the location, uh, she didn't have any abdominal pain. I don't really want LFTs. Pranav, do you, would you bother even doing a D-dime? No. She's I was t- just, just thinking about to- this. I don't think we need a dimer. It's like she's got, she can't rule out PE, pneumonia. Yeah, she definitely, she doesn't perk rule out because she's old and tacky, but. Because the other, like one of the other things is like, is something more likely, which at this point, I can't think of anything that's more likely. Like, yeah, maybe pneumonia, but 
Yeah. Her O2 sets fine. Her lungs aren't like, like, yeah, decreased lung sounds in the lower, I guess, but from poor inspiratory effort. Yeah. Which fits with the pleuritic also. picture. And yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with you. So I would just do a CTA after we get her creatinine. Okay. So um, let me see if creatine after listening to <laughs> yes, Ari Kahn say it so many times. <laughs> All right, so you want a CBC, a BMP, a troponin, and then you want to send her to CT. I want to wait to send her until I have the creatinine. Okay. And the tro- I, look, I like the trope, too. Okay, all right. Oh, I'll right. do an ISTAT trope right now, which is negative. Uh, okay, beautiful. And then a CBC, I'll get that. That'll be on the way. And then a BMP, I can probably do that ISTAT if you want to, or if you just want the creatinine. Just, just get an ISTAT creatinine. I'll get the ISTAT creatinine and send the BMP. The ISTAT creatinine is 1.38. Okay. Can I call radiology and ask if they're okay with that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, this is uh, Dr. Ray, first name X. Hello, Dr. Ray. How's it going down there in your dungeon? Uh, great. We're on the same level, though. I don't know why you guys keep making fun of the fact that we spend all of our time in the dark, but okay. Because it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. All right. Uh, Pause real quick. Did you know that they did a study to compare radiologists and how much vitamin D they have serum versus other people? I was just about to ask, can I order some vitamin D for Dr. Ray? (laughs) (laughs) I was was on my radiology rotation and I I was really bored because, you know, it's not too much to do there for a medical student. Um, But I was, you know, reading up on radiologists vitamin D levels. And it turns out there's no difference between the radiology people who get uh, the levels of serum vitamin D in radiologists versus other people in the hospital. However, of note, everybody in the hospital had low vitamin D. Yeah. I was going to say like everyone's inside. It's not like in the emergency room where there's no windows. Also, (laughs) Yeah. You don't get UV from fluorescent lights. (laughs) All right. There you go. Um, Okay. Where was I? Yes, Dr. Ray. Oh, yeah. We want to get a CTA of this woman to um, check for a PE. Her creatinine is 1.38. Are you cool with that? Should we hydrate her? Would you rather us to? Definitely give her some fluids, and then I kind of need to know her GFR. Okay. We'll let you know when we get the the BMP back, I guess. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Ray. Go get some rays, please. Okay, he's going to sit in the CT scanner and just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse Barb is like, hey, by the way, your uh, your labs are actually back already. You can check them out on the computer. I'm not going to tell you what they are. That would be silly. So you go to the computer and you check her CBC within normal limits. Her BMP is within normal limits except for the creatinine, which is, again, 1.38. Her estimated GFR is 50. Brennan, do you know what that means? <laughs> Well, Kyle, because <laughs> I don't. The glomerular f- filtration rate is a uh, is a value that we use. <laughs> um, it's a value that we use. <laughs> All right, but how do we use it? <laughs> and uh, um, what well, does fifty mean? Because well, can I back up for a second? What's her uh, BUN like? Her BUN is just like touching the upper limit of normal. Okay, and uh, if I were to you know, pop into Miss Foyer's room and ask her about a history of kidney disease, she would say no, right? I like haven't seen my doctor in a while. So 
I don't know. They warn me about some kidney stuff in case like my diabetes gets worse, but I don't think it's that bad. What was your blood sugar on the BMP? Blood sugar was 128. Sorry, I said everything was normal, but blood sugar was not normal, but you're not going to do anything. I mean, we don't know if it's fasting or not, so Mm. could be normal. I'm inclined with a GFR 50 to hydrate her and put her through. Should we call Dr. Ray back? We could do that. Nurse Barb, page Dr. Ray. Okay, I'm doing your job for you, and I'm calling Dr. Ray, and here you go. Hey, it's Dr. Ray. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Ray. Um, how are your vitamin D levels since we last talked? Well, I uh, drank a lot of milk, so. Okay. Good. Yeah, we're doing better than me then. What's up? What can I help you with? Um, her GFR is 50. That's, uh, that's okay. pretty low. Just give her some fluids and then send her over. What are you guys worried about? We're worried about a PE. Oh, okay. All right. That's a pretty emergent diagnosis. So I would be okay with you guys sending her over. Yeah. I told you that last time I called. So. Oh, you did? Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't listening. It's just, you know, that makes all the insults that you throw my way every day. I just kind of ignore what you say most. <laughs> I was going to say, we know it gets loud over in the radiology department. Sometimes if you can't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're going to get so many complaints one day. <laughs> One radiologist that we're working with, and it's like, hey, do you do that podcast where they on radiologists? Is that you guys? I'm sorry. Did you need this CT done? Yeah, it's going to be another uh, 50 hours. Enjoy that. All right. So, yeah, you can send her over. All right. Nurse Barb overhears everything that you guys just did. She gets a bag of normal just, saline hanging. I'm just going to ask Nurse Barb to do all that. Oh, okay. Go oh, ahead. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Barb, for uh, eavesdropping and being on a, pro- on a phone call somehow. you send this uh woman first of all you bolus this woman with fluids which you your goal there was to help her kidneys deal with the oncoming contrast assault and then you send her off to ct in which you find a thrombus located in the right lower lobe artery and actually this is going to be where we end the case because this is what i'm going to talk about the code name for this case was saturation Because I was like, I can't use the word contrast because I'll get it immediately. But today we're going to talk about post-contrast nephropathy. Cool. But can we at least start around some heparin? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Cool. I wouldn't give her heparin. I would just go with anoxaparin. We do some DOAX maybe even? Sure. I don't know. I I really honestly, I I got to this part in the case and was (laughs) like, you know what? I don't want to work anymore. And um, everything else is not important to to what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) All right. Please teach me about all of this. All right. Contrast-induced neuropathy, or sorry, nephropathy. There's a lot of stuff going on here. It's the, all right. Oh, Rewind. Put a Rewind. twist. <laughs> yeah. We are going to talk about... I did not see that coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> Barb, why didn't you warn me? I didn't do a full neuro exam. I don't know oh, if she God. has sensation. <laughs> Let's talk real quick about this stuff. So I'm basically talking about an acute kidney injury due to contrast, or I'm just going to call it contrast-induced AKI or CI-AKI. Contrast-induced AKI is what I'm going to say. That's easy for me. Siaki. Siaki. All right, guys. Siaki. So, all right. So ED physicians are well known for their love of the CT scanner, right? So our we all know the trauma uh, ABCs, which is airway breathing and CT scan, which I'm so upset that we can't use that for a match day shirt. That was very, very good. And they used it last year and we got to figure out what we're going to do. But we know that CT scans can be dangerous. 
right? So there's a lot of radiation that can happen with the CT. You're almost positively going to send your patient to CT and they're just going to code in the scanner for some reason. And then there's contrast. And I'm going to talk about contrast because on every rotation that I was on, on almost every rotation, there was always somebody who I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have them go to CT. And then the attending or the residents would be like, yeah, but did you check their creatinine? And I'd be like, oh, no, I forgot. Every time I'd forget. And this is my way of getting back at them to say that what you think of as this contrast-induced AKI, it's not a thing. And I'm going to talk to you guys about it now, all right? Because there's this dogma that contrast is going to kill people's kidneys. And it's not it's not as, uh, as prevalent as everyone seems to think it is. Um, even our fake radiologist, Dr. Ray, uh, seems to have thought that that was going to make some difference and has in the past. Like if you've listened to this podcast before, there's almost always going to be a CT scan for this emergency medicine podcast. And the radiologist is always going to be like, yeah, but did you check their creatinine? Or we would have checked their creatinine beforehand anyway. But post-contrast acute kidney injury, right? It's a lab-based diagnosis because it's defined most commonly. It doesn't even have like a set definition. It's most commonly an increase in your creatinine by 25% or an absolute increase in creatinine of 0.3 to 0.5 milligrams per deciliter within three days of receiving that contrast for your CT but there's no patient-centered outcomes in that definition, right? There's no like, how many people die from uh, post-contrast AKI? How many people uh, end up on dialysis? None of that makes it into the definition. Um, but I found a really cool paper that I'm going to talk to you guys about. But before that, do you know what contrast is? It is iodine and it is sticky when it gets on your hands. That's right. Yeah. I don't know about that sticky part. I don't know why you're like rubbing <laughs> contrast on your hands, not like lotion. <laughs> Yeah, Parnov, you're right. It's iodine, right? So it's for uh, CT angios that we would do, for example, for the PE, you would use water-soluble iodine, which you would inject into someone's veins uh, and then take a picture because when you have iodine in your pulmonary vasculature, it like, is shiny and, and bright and it reflects all these x-rays and stuff so that you can, you can see where a potential blockage is for if you're, looking, if you're hunting for a PE. Um, we used to use high osmolar contrast, but we have moved away from using high osmolar contrast, and now we use isoosmolar or low osmolar contrast, which is better for your kidneys. So the paper I'm going to talk to you guys is from Acock and Westifer et al. The title is Acute Kidney Injury After Computed Tomography, a Meta-Analysis. And it was published in the Annals of Emergency Medicine in 2018. And if you don't know, by the way, Dr. Lauren Westifer is awesome. She runs Foamcast which is another podcast that everyone should listen to with Jeremy Faust. And she is overall really cool. So this was a meta-analysis that was done where they looked at a whole bunch of other papers where they took adults and they compared them for, they compared the ones that got contrast CTs and non-contrast CT scans. Uh, and they looked at the incidence of AKIs as well as mortality and renal replacement therapy like dialysis afterwards. So they looked at 28 studies with a combined more than 100,000 patients. And all of these are obviously observational studies, right? You can't do an RCT where you're like, ah, oh, this person's having a PE and they could get contrast, but you know what? I'm not going to do it just for the study. So no RCTs, just observational studies where they compared adults who got contrast CTs versus adults who didn't get contrast CTs and compared AKI incidents in both of those. And what they found is there was no significant difference between AKI incidents in the contrast versus the non-contrast patients. Right? There were similar frequencies of AKI in both with an odds ratio of 0.94 and a confidence interval with the number one already in there. So you're just as likely to get an AKI if you get a contrast study as if you didn't get a contrast study. 
And then there's mortality, same thing. The odds ratio is 1.0. And the need for renal replacement therapy like dialysis, odds ratio is 0.83, but also the confidence interval included 1.0. So just so you know, this meta-analysis that looked at a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of papers published in 2018 says, this is not a thing. So I did some digging because that made me very upset because of how many times I've been sternly talked to about looking at my patient's creatinine before sending them the CT. Okay. Cause I'm thinking, all right, well, why not just, you know, be safe and give that person some normal saline or bolus them with some fluid or something like that to make sure their kidneys are okay. Right. Should, shouldn't you do that? You should do that. Right. Right. Okay. All right. And so I found this, this fun named trial. It's called prophylactic hydration to protect renal function from intravascular iodinated contrast material in patients at high risk of contrast induced nephropathy or the amazing trial, A-M-A-C-I-N-G. Don't know where that acronym came from. It's a prospective randomized phase three controlled open label non-inferiority trial. All of that to say from that trial, what basically what they found is that, and I'm going to give you a direct quote for those people who came in with a high risk of contrast-induced nephropathy, so their GFR was 30 to 59, the direct quote is, we found no prophylaxis to be non-inferior and cost-saving in prevention of contrast-induced nephropathy compared with intravenous hydration according to current clinical practice guidelines. So the idea that you need to save your patient's kidneys who have you know potentially bad kidneys by bolusing them with fluids before you send them to get a contrast CT is also kind of out the window because giving them fluids and not giving them fluids has the same outcome in this in this study. As in giving them normal saline is as good as doing nothing. Now, obviously at this point, I'm starting to get very mad about all the people who were sternly talking to me. So then I went a little bit deeper and I started looking at this other stuff. Like maybe, maybe you're not supposed to use normal saline. Maybe there's something else. You know, the people are getting the idea of you need to give them something to save their kidneys from something else. So I found another study Weisbord, Gallagher, and whatever, et al. This is the PRESERVE trial. Outcomes after angiography with sodium bicarbonate and acetylcysteine, where they basically compared using normal saline and compared that with using sodium bicarb. And they found that there was no difference between the two. And there's no difference between normal saline and nothing. So sodium bicarb is as good as nothing. And then they decided to do, I don't know why they did this, a placebo trial where they tested placebo versus N-acetylcysteine or NAC. And that didn't show any difference either. So N-acetylcysteine is also as good as doing nothing. So nothing, do nothing is basically what I'm getting from all of this. <laughs> Why did they even test sodium bicarb and N-acetylcysteine? Like what theoretically would that do? At the PRESERVE trial article noted that a hypothesis exists that urinary alkalinization and scavenging of reactive oxygen species mitigate renal tubular epithelial cell injury from the use of iodinated contrast material. This hypothesis is based on inconsistent results from numerous studies comparing 4-normal saline to sodium bicarbonate and the use of N-acetylcysteine. All right, I thought to myself, surely my superiors in medicine could not be lying to me this whole time. And the first thing I wanted to know is basically where this, where everybody has been getting this dogma from. It was hard. I was trying to dig through and find the studies that people were you know, referencing, I guess, when they were sternly talking to me about checking your patient's creatinine before sending them to CT. And I couldn't find those studies, but basically I found a, an article online that was summarizing what those studies did, which is one, they were very poorly controlled studies. You know, they weren't having people who were non-contrast versus contrast. They were just looking at people who were contrasted studies and seeing the incidence of AKI there, right? And not looking at mm -hmm. 
whether people were having AKIs mm. without the contrast anyway. So they just they just saw that people got AKIs after getting right. contrast and said this is because of the contrast. Right, right. So that's that's one. And then two it could is have that just been on a normal saline maintenance fluid which caused the AKI because they were on that instead of LR. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that's number one. And number two is that the contrast that was being used probably at the time of all of this was that high osmolar contrast, which was probably messing with people's kidneys too. So you now have this like double-edged sword of, we don't know, maybe this. And then also we're using a bad contrast at that point. That's not the same contrast that we use now. The way you could sum it up is uh, the same way the American, there's a consensus statement by the American College of Radiology that sums all this up really perfectly. And that is contrast-induced nephropathy, like birds, are not real. <laughs> Did not know that contrast-induced nephropathy was robots controlled by the government to spy on us. Yeah. Well, I've heard you talk about this a little while and I was like, that, that's not a real thing. So I, I Googled it and was like, did, did you guys know this is a thing? There's a movement out there of people yeah, who are yeah. trying to convince Nate, everybody that birds are not real, that they're Nate, that all birds all were time. killed. And then <laughs> we're replaced with surveillance drones, basically. No, the consensus statement from the American College of Radiology and the National Kidney Foundation actually says... The risk of contrast-induced AKI is estimated to be near 0% in patients with an estimated GFR of greater than 45, uh, greater than or equal to 45. It's 0 to 2% for patients with a estimated GFR of 30 to 44, and 0 to 17% in patients with a GFR less than 30. So it also ends with prophylaxis for contrast-induced AKI is IV normal saline for patients with a GFR less than 30. So basically, if you have a patient whose GFR is greater than 45, there is like no chance that they're going to get contrast-induced nephropathy. That's not going to happen. So you could have sent this lady to CT without doing anything at all, and that would have been fine. But instead, you, you held her up by getting her BMP, by figuring out what her creatinine was, and then pretending like the GFR was going to change your mind. Yeah, well, and otherwise Dr. Ray would have said, no thanks. I know. Yeah, I, I did that on purpose. And then the normal saline doesn't really help at all anyway, honestly, unless your GFR is less than 30. Oh, I had a follow-up question. Was that anal study that was done only on emergency room patients, or does this apply to more broadly hospitalized patients? I'm going to have Bella go ahead and take a look. The meta-analysis referenced included studies with patients who were not in the emergency department. ICU, inpatient, and trauma patients were also included. Of note, although most of these studies used lower isoosmolar contrast, one study did use high osmolar contrast, and found no increased risk of contrast-induced nephrotoxicity even with the high osmolar contrast. Thank you. Awesome. Um, was there anything about like normal saline versus LR? There are not many studies looking at the use of lactated ringers or LR for prophylaxis against contrast-induced nephropathy or CIN. In the 2019 study comparison of normal saline, ringer's lactate, and sodium bicarbonate for prevention of contrast-induced nephropathy in patients with coronary angiography, a randomized double-blind clinical trial in the Indian Journal of Nephrology, the group hydrated with LR had more CIN than the sodium bicarb and normal saline groups respectively. However, this study had a small sample size of 300. Normal saline itself has a higher risk of AKI than LR. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't know. 
This is what the American College of Radiology said. Use normal saline for patients with EGFRs less than 30. LR is more expensive than normal saline, right? Yeah. I read some studies a while ago, though, that like LR is more expensive. But if you take into account like the amount of money cost by giving patients AKI by choosing normal saline over LR, um, normal saline ends up being a lot more expensive. Mm. All right. It's like tw- an extra 25 cents a liter or something like that. It's not a lot. And then... You give someone an AKI and you cost them five thousand dollars. <laughs> so like, <laughs> were those twenty five cents really worth it? No, I'll have to find those articles again. Yeah, that'll be a good thing to put on our on our website on the show notes for this podcast. Available at emjccast.com. All right. So in conclusion, guys, your patient has a PE. She goes and gets an oxyprin and you treat her very well. She goes upstairs and then she skips out of the hospital in a couple of days and gets on an airplane to go back to Florida. <laughs> but but she gets a direct flight, so it's not that long of a thing. And then she lives her the rest of her life very, very happy that she went to the hospital that day for her chest pain. Glad uh, Miss Good work, Boyer could do it. Crushed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So again, like birds, contrast-induced AKI, isn't, they're not real. Yeah. The SGM did an episode on this with the author of that first paper, and they're picture for the episode was a unicorn because of how rare this is anyway that's it guys i hope you guys learned something i learned something while recording all or while researching all of this and that was that birds aren't real absolutely <laughs> yeah i i've learned that i uh, i can give people knack or i can give them normal saline and uh they'll do just fine <laughs> um can i tell you guys this story about why i know iodine is sticky yes I need to know why now. So I was on my interventional radiology rotation and I was in the OR and I was helping the tech refill our syringes full of iodine contrast because we got to do um, runs where we oh. shoot contrast to to do angiograms and stuff. Right. And I'm like drawing up some iodine and then some saline and mixing the two. And as I'm doing it, I like knock the bowl over onto the floor of the OR off the table <laughs> And the entire half of our OR and part of our sterile field is just pure iodine. And it's like sticking to our shoes. No one's wearing boots and it smells kind of bad. And it was, it was a, an embarrassing day for me. Do they give you unsatisfactory professionalism for that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they didn't really care at all. It was pretty fun. <laughs> um, why did you have to manually mix the iodine and saline? Do we not have the good machines? We do. We were doing, so they have like the big ones, like the guns that you, they hook up to the IV and they shoot. Yeah. This was just for, they also do manual runs where they oh, just okay. fill up syringes. And so mm. for those, you don't need like as high co- like concentration of iodine. So you okay. dilute it with some saline. Mm. Okay. Because uh, like the big fancy injector machines, you can just load up oh, yeah. a saline syringe and a contrast syringe and it does it for you. Mm. Fun fact, did you know that those things can inject contrast into your veins at up to 300 PSI? Yeah. Those yeah. things are I used to I used I interned for a company that made the syringes and oh. when they were like testing new machining to like make the syringes, they'd do short runs and test them and sometimes they'd fail and the, <laughs> like you have like the still like the body of it and then the little cone on top sometimes the cone would just blast off if there was anything wrong with the machine <laughs> the tooling and you had to like, go figure out what was wrong and make sure it didn't do that in real life but yeah 
your veins can handle 300 psi i think that the like that pressure you only do it into like a pick line but yeah your veins can handle a lot some crazy just stuff. so you know like my car tire is inflated to 35 psi oh man oh man <laughs> yeah i didn't even think about that that really yeah. puts it in perspective yeah. so if you ever need a ct scan with contrast you have that to look forward to <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody let's wrap up the episode i learned a lot researching for this I'm not going to talk. Didn't about learn it. anything because I already knew birds were not real. That's right. Yeah, but I, I, no, I did learn that uh, contrast induced. Sorry, what did we call it? Siaki. 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 It's not a thing. It was a thing, kind of, but it's definitely not now. I don't want to poo-poo all over the scientific method. We're not saying that siaki yeah. is not a thing and not real. It is. It's, it's not as prevalent. Right. Make it out to be. That's right. Yeah. I uh, learned a lot. I want to thank a couple of people before we end. And those are Jordan, if you're listening to this, it sounds like I'm talking to like the ghost of my best friend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you for helping me craft this uh, episode. I texted him all over, like all during the break and was like, hey, um, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And he was like, oh, here are like all of the articles that you need. And I was like, what? This guy has like an Excel sheet with everything ever emergency medicine evidence-based medicine related so thank you jordan and then also thank you to our producer bella for helping us answer those questions that we weren't able to come up with answers with on the actual podcast thank you to my co-host kyle and pranav all right guys gals and non-binary pals if you like this podcast please share it with two friends and only two uh leave us a nice review on itunes i know what that does now by the way guys that makes it so that we're more visible to other people. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review on uh, iTunes or Apple Pod. I don't know. I don't have. I have an Android phone, um, and uh, that'll help people see us. Uh, if you're on Spotify, follow us and heart us on Spotify. If you're on Tinder, swipe right on all, all of us. If you're one of the programs listening, please rank us number one. Uh, the show notes for this podcast are available at emjccast.com. And if you want to reach out to us, please do not hesitate. We're at emjccast at gmail.com. That's it, guys. Friendly Neighborhood Med Students out. Real real quick, and pizza. Still waiting to hear from you. Also, if you're listening to us from Papua New Guinea, special thanks to you. Yes, thank you. I love you. Roll out Autobots. Autobots, roll out. Autobots, roll out. Oh, wow, that was really good. Thank you. I got my Optimus down. Nice.